What's going on, guys and gals? My name is Chris Tondewald, and this is Ambition Radio. This is a podcast where we try to find people that have found that balance between their life, family, career, and the pursuit of their passions, dreams, or hobbies. This week, we have Aaron Testerman of Roachzilla. Aaron is a big positive force in the local Southern Maryland music scene. We talk about how he got into music, his hiatus due to life getting in the way, and his renewed focus on helping to build more of a community than just a scene. It was a great conversation, so I hope you enjoy it. Roachzilla's first album, Old Bay Metal, releases May 16th. Go check it out when it drops and support your local music community. With everything going on, they need you more than ever. Live music as a whole needs some major support. Venues like Autobar in Baltimore, DC9 and Black Cat in Washington, DC need help to make sure they're there for you when this is all over. I'll have links in the show notes where you can take action with the National Independent Venue Association. As always, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts, follow me on Spotify, and subscribe on Google Play or however you get your podcast. Thank you for everything. Here's the show. Enjoy. I've been doing this for almost two years, I think. Yeah. And the only thing that I have prepared now is like the intros that I actually write and use that while I actually do the recording for each of the episodes. Other than that, it's just kind of like, hopefully everything sounds good. Hopefully people like it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've enjoyed them so far. Hey, that's that's all that matters, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> if one person likes it, that's, that's it. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's it's been cool. Like, I've gotten better with it, I think. <laughs> I know the, the first, like, intro episode that I did, I mm. had like 48 ums inside oh. that, that one like five minute intro and then i was at uh i was at one of my friends house and they counted each one oh lord while playing the yeah yeah so it was a little embarrassing um was that the the one with rj no this is this is like my episode zero intro to what the show yeah. is so it's only it's only a couple minutes as far as like the whole episode but it took me at least an hour, hour and a half, nah, not maybe an hour and a half, but at least an hour to record that one because yeah. I, I went off the cuff for it, right? So I wasn't sure what I was going to say. And uh, I recorded it. I recorded it. I recorded it. Yeah. I was recording um, most of it with Mike at Monster House up in Waldorf. Yeah. He's been really good. I recorded a lot of episodes with him. And then I started trying to travel more and got a portable recorder and, and stuff like that. So when I, I just remember when I went to record that episode, I was stupid nervous. I don't know why. I was just like really, really nervous. And then he was like, here, try this. And it, he gives me um, a bowl and he's like, here, this will probably help <laughs> yeah, you. Oh, yeah. It had the exact opposite effect because my mouth went dry like immediately. And it- then I thought about every word like twice when I was saying it. Oh, word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, just, it just ramped up everything, which was really annoying. Uh, so welcome, I had, I had welcome, to- welcome to Ambition Bishop Podcast. Right. Podcast. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So I had to uh, I had to like wait 20, 25 minutes to get like my bearing straight again before I could record it. That was the hardest one just because I didn't prepare. 
And now all the intros, I actually like I'll listen to the episodes a couple different times, especially while I'm editing them because I do all my own editing and that an hour and a half long episode can take me five to seven hours. To- yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I do I do a lot of video work, so I, I know yeah. You're, so you're you're hip yeah. to it, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's like where I go and see bands live, and I'm like, I'm so fucking tired of you, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just like I've literally heard your song probably about two hundred times in one day. Right, right. And you like the stuff. My my issue. But afterwards, you're like, I like this, but I can't do this. Right. Like, exactly. And my issue is that it's my voice. So it's just listening to myself for that amount of time is the fucking worst. You got to get over the, you got to get over, get over it, man. Yeah. Well, Well, obviously now you probably are. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's just stupid. Like it's the, the only part about this that I don't like. And with all the videos that you do, cause you, I have seen you in so many shows videoing everything and then trying to like get something for the bands to where they can use that to share. Right. Yeah. So I, I imagine you're putting in just, if not more work, because I don't know how to video edit. I don't know what that is. Well, to tell you at that, at that point, it wasn't really, I was going out with my, um, gimbal with a GoPro on it Mm -hmm. and I would just record a lot of, um, shows on that. And if, you're familiar with the GoPro. It's amazing video, but the fucking audio is shit. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's like I would upload these videos, and I w- I would go around to bands and just ask them for their email, and I'd be like, um, you know, give me your email. I had a little fucking composition book, and I write down their email and just send them their whole set. And then I get I get some band dudes that they'll hit me back, and then they'll be like. It, it's good but the audio is trash i'm like <laughs> so, sorry for recording it for free for you like, right. <laughs> you know but then i got into actual doing music videos and stuff so yeah yeah no good deed goes unpunished i think that's the moral of that story pretty much yeah what got you into videoing everything cuz i feel like you've documented most of the bands that are around here right yeah Basically, what got me into videoing is a Best Buy fucking credit card. Yeah. <laughs> with the Best Buy credit card, I, I sat there and I applied for it and I was like, okay, they can give me a good rate. Right. And I was just like, I got to put some money on this. I'm still paying paying it off at the moment. But I was sitting there, I was going to these shows and then um, afterwards it was like, you know, the bands didn't really have many videos. Right. Or, you know many stuff to like promote themselves. And I wanted bands in the area to like, just show people what is going on out here that they don't see in normal day. You know, like a lot of people that go to work, you know, you go and do a whole bunch of stuff and everything like that. And, you know, you always see the big bands come around, but all these little bands, you don't really see what they're doing too much. So I started taking video and just asking people like, Hey man, you want, you want to see what, what the fuck you did tonight? Like, <laughs> yeah, because they'll they'll have like shirts and stuff, and then maybe if if they know how to record, they might have like an EP or whatever. But having the especially nowadays where everything is so digital, and especially right now where you can't even go to shows, 
right? Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, most certainly. <laughs> the the video is is incredibly important because then at that point now they actually have something to to throw up there and show. Oh yeah. You started doing that just by the kindness of your own heart then, right? Yep. Indeed. I would go out to shows, I would have two gimbals on me, fully charged and my GoPro. And um it was actually me and my lady. So mm-hmm. like we we would trade off throughout the night. Um I would do a couple you know songs from a band actually their whole set and then she would do the next set you know basically we would trade it off so both of us we can still kind of enjoy the show but then we're also taking the video and i mean i love the shit out of her for doing that because you know she didn't have to do any of that right. stuff and like then after after their set is done i walk up to them and i'm like hey man can i get your email and they're like sure you know they probably think i'm doing like a newsletter or something like that <laughs> and the next day it's like here's your whole set in video form, you know, shit, shitty audio quality, but <laughs> you know, it's it still, it still worked. And it also, um, created later down the line for uh coast is clear. I, um, I put together a live video shot to one of their actual recorded in the studio songs Nice for, for arrive. It like included them in Baltimore playing down there at five South center. I think, Glenn's birthday party where everybody was just in like the backyard getting drunk around a bonfire and stuff like that. It was, you know, it was fun at the time. I, I dig it. So when, when did you start doing that? Um, let's see. It's 2020 now, probably at the end of like 2017. Okay. 2017 was actually the time that, I started getting back into playing out live and going seeing bands and everything like that. I probably wasn't around in the music scene for probably about eight years before that. Why was that? Life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that'll do it. At the time, um, like I, I graduated high school in 2010. Okay. I thought I had my whole life kind of figured out. You know, this is my life go to work, come home, do pay bills. Yeah. You know, and a lot of extracurricular stuff just wasn't in the in the motive. It just spent a lot of time to where I wasn't um, going out to shows. Yeah, because that, I mean, that's what happened to me a couple different times. So I started doing shows 2006, I think, was one of the first. Prime time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prime time. Uh, that was one of the, I think that was the, the year that I started. And I was booking at Coffee Quarter. Yeah, because I was working there and I did a couple like acoustic shows there. And then from there, I went, I think I went to start doing stuff at Room with a Brew in Leonardtown. And then from there, started running out the church off of Great Mills Road and doing stuff there. I was doing stuff in Lusby here and there. And. My brother's place, when that was still there, I, I did a couple shows there. That was a fun place as well. Yeah. I actually know a good bit of bands that probably got kicked out of that place back <laughs> in the day. Well, it's disappointing because it, it had such good potential to be something bigger than what it is, but the people that were yeah. running it didn't know how to run it. I mean, they, they had a motherfucking candy bar, man. Yeah. It's like, come come get some candy and some soda and enjoy metal music from teenage angst. Right. Well, it was 
it was a Christian place too, so that's why you couldn't do everything else, which is both a good and a bad thing because you're looking at the the way to give kids a safe spot, right? Yeah, so most certainly. That was nice. So it was all ages almost all the time. But at the the flip side of that, you couldn't really like what you'd have to do is go get drunk at Goldmine and then walk yourself. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, right across the street. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh so that's I don't know. It was cool. But what I was thinking is that I don't think that I saw you until I started going back to shows because I I did kind of the same thing where I had to work, you know, make money and like live and all that other stuff, which all that comes through and it's really annoying because then that takes away from what you really want to do. Right. Oh, yeah, most certainly. So I I think my last show that I did was in 2014. I'm pretty sure that was the last one that I actually did. And I've always gone to shows, but I didn't go for a long time. And then the the show, I think in January of 2018 at 5 South is when I went to another like proper local show and saw uh, Deadbeat Holiday and all the other people that I, I booked 10 years ago. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I booked I booked them when they were all teenagers. Now that they're actual adults, it's just it's still weird to me. But yeah, that's that's when I first like got back into going to shows regularly. And it's really cool seeing where everything is at now. And I feel like you're a pretty big part of what the music is a music scene is now. Even the small stuff like videotaping and contributing that way. And then now you're actually playing music with Rodrizilla and um, the other bands that you were playing with too. So you've been, if I remember right, you're making terrible looking flyers, right? That's <laughs> that's what it is? Just... Yes, from what I've heard, I made some, <laughs> uh, some terrible music flyers on a recent Ambition podcast. <laughs> I was, um, a lot of the shows that we put on and everything like that, I make a lot of the flyers for those. Yeah. Um, me, I like to make them try and like, you know, fun kind of eye catching so that people, you know, they'll be like, all right, well, this is a metal show, but here's some kitties and right. Some other stuff that's, you know, illegible to great minds such as you, as yours, you know, (laughs) well, I have, I have the laser eyes, but I still can't see shit. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm colorblind too, so oh. that that makes it so much worse. Like when I see, so, yeah, yeah, when yeah. I see all that stuff, it's all jumbled up, and I was like, I can't read anything. What the fuck is going <laughs> on? I I'm kind of a fan of like a lot of neon colors and stuff like that. So okay, I'm, I, I'm sorry that you are co- colorblind. Yeah, it is definitely all my fault, and that's why I I project it just to you. Yeah. <laughs> so, in around 2017, you started filming stuff. You were you played music in high school then, I assume? Yes. Okay. Um back kind of around the same time that you were booking shows, I guess we never ran around in the the same kind of <laughs> I, I never got a show from you, I guess. What but, bands were you in? <laughs> um back then I was in a band called No Sign of Morning. We weren't really that big. Okay. We we played a good bit of like house parties and you know, probably played the Southern Community Center a couple times. Back then, I was more of a face at a lot of shows. Gotcha. I had a long hair, you know, metal metal band shirts all the time. Nothing really changed, you know. <laughs> except, except now I wear button downs with little roses on them. And you, you cut know? your hair a little bit. 
Yeah. Well, actually, I went bald. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Well, not fully bald. It's just, you know, it doesn't cut it like it did back in the day. But, like, I went to a lot of shows back in the day. That's how I know a lot of um, the music cats around here, like in Coast is Clear, mm-hmm. Stone Brew. Like, a lot of them, I grew up with them back in the day. Yeah. Just going to their shows, like the Dharma Falskis and Brian Ciotti and all them. I, I remember actually going to a show, and I don't know if they will um, like me saying it or whatever, but when we, I would go to the show, and they were tripping on acid. Yeah. Really, really bad. I'm talking about, like, they turned their backs to to the crowd and just were tripping balls on stage. <laughs> And um, me, I'm just, you know, I rem- I remember all these cats. Yeah. Like John Wayne, you know, I remember RJ when he was in Arabella. I've actually seen them live a couple times yeah. with um, Daniel Thompson of My Heart, My Anchor. And, you know, his acoustic work is just amazing. Because I remember back when he was in Varsity Letter, and I actually bought a bass amp from him back in the day. Nice. And... It's just it's crazy where a lot of people in this area, man. Like yeah. when you're in, you're in the music and everything like that, and the way the people that just kind of come together in some way. Like I've had neighbors that live next to me that one day I just see them at a show and they're like, "Oh, I didn't know that you knew these twenty <laughs> people that I know." Right. So it's it's funny because it's uh, as we go further with technology, you are both like more connected and also more separated at the same time just for example for me and you we were definitely in the same area but we just never met right yeah so if you went to a varsity letter show i'm definitely sure that you went to one of my shows i'm I'm telling you it probably did happen yeah like i was probably at your show but we we just never met in person well what and what was funny about that i was talking to someone else earlier today I was like, I still have no idea how I didn't get in trouble for all these dumb kids that are out like the side of the building drinking and and smoking or anything like that, because I'm the one definitely like running the show and I'm just waiting for someone to come in and just like light my ass up. And as far as whoever is doing whatever in the parking lot, you know what I mean? Well, it it was the same at a lot of, um, pgma shows yeah yeah. i mean a lot a lot of us um you know it was a it was a teen outlet but i i can tell you i've gotten pretty close to blackout fucking drunk and (laughs) stupid high at these shows as a teenager and then you just come in and you just you know you enjoy the music and I'm I'm not saying you know if if you have any teenagers that listen to your podcast to go out and do this or endorse it at all, but I'm talking about we were some dumbass kids, man. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. How how I never got in trouble for any of that because I didn't. A I didn't really know, but B I was like I'm the one still like running everything, so oh, yeah. they're at like my show for the most part, and I I'm still like amazed to this day just thinking about everything that happened and uh well it's like i feel that shit nowadays yeah like when i put on shows nowadays even though that we're all adults you know everybody is accountable for their own actions i'm sitting there it's like well i you know me and the boys we booked these bands here and if some if somebody's getting crazy i'm like are they gonna come back on me about this or are they right, just gonna right. handle it themselves like 
But yeah. back then, back then it was you know definitely different. Yeah, because uh, nowadays you're you're an adult at a bar for the most part. Yeah, and there's not like that all ages aspect to it, which is the unfortunate part of it, right? Back then, that's all it was. Like I, I really wanted to be all ages all the time and be able to make sure that these kids had like a safe spot to where they can come, oh, yeah. hang out, and and enjoy Certainly. themselves. But that, you know, they're all degenerates. So what are you going to do? <laughs> Pretty much. But you still gave them a, a place to go to. And like me, I, I'll tell people any day, like a lot of times when I was a teenager and I was going to a lot of these shows, it gave a very good outlet from, you know, other forms of living back then. Yeah. You know, as you're sitting there, you go to the show and you just see a bunch of local bands and, you know, at that time, it gave those bands an opportunity to get out that a lot of those bands are still playing to this day. A right. lot of mem- members in those bands are still playing to this day in the same area. And they love playing for the people in the area. Yeah. Yeah. You look at like what you said earlier, RJ, Daniel, those guys are still playing. Dan played a show not too long ago. Well, a few years back, I guess. Well, I, I thought that he was doing some recent stuff. Well, not not but, down in not down in Southern Maryland, but yeah, oh yeah, yeah. definitely not down here. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't he doesn't like us anymore, and I'll, I'll tell him in his face too. But yeah, it's it was it's a weird it's a weird dynamic now. Uh, I think because even though more people have and more places have like embraced the music community, it's still. You have to think about the the ones that aren't having that opportunity, which are the the kids and the the below twenty one crowd, because there's no real venue for us to go to and and like be able to give back to that. Well, trust me, I've like I've talked to a lot of the cats in the area plenty of times about trying to do some kind of all ages shows every now and then. Yeah, you know, like at local community centers, like how we used to back in the day. You know, just to give them something to do because kids nowadays, you you never really know what they are doing. They're doing like TikTok and shit like that, like <laughs> Snapchat filters and TikTok. Like. Yeah. And, you know, you have you also have that helicopter parent yeah. as well. So <laughs> it's I don't know. It's it's a weird thing where you can put your whole life on the Internet. But if they actually go out in, in real physical spaces, <laughs> exactly so we'll we'll circle back so 2017 you're starting the video stuff mm-hmm. well that was also the time um i started back in the plane i was playing with the band uh black rose yeah that's what i was Pretty gonna well ask bit. you yep okay so that's also when you started playing music again yeah. um so how did you end up joining them i saw that they they put out that they were looking for a guitarist and um, I was sitting there at work and I was just, I scrolled through Facebook and I saw that they were looking for a guitarist. Cody, my guitarist in Rochezilla right now, he was playing with them. And, um, I, you know, I just had this feeling that I wanted to get back into playing and I wanted to, you know, get out and start playing again and everything like that. So I hit them up and actually they didn't respond to me for like a week. <laughs> and I was like, I get, I guess they don't need a fucking guitar player. Right. So, so I hit him. I hit him up again, and then um, they had me come over and play. And I actually I knew the drummer. We went to school together. Davey, the singer. I never really knew him at all, and I knew Cody because mm-hmm. Cody was Blunt Force Rebellion and 
playing with Coast's Clear and Stonebrew and everything like that, I already knew the motherfucker got chops on guitar. So right. I started playing with them and actually when I started playing with them, they actually booked a show the week after that. So <laughs> it was, so I had one week of practicing with them and then we were playing a battle of the bands at Anthony's and Dunkirk Holy the shit. next weekend. Yeah, that, that just kind of so, throws you into the deep end right away then, right? Oh, yeah. And we actually, we took second place on that one. Well, fuck yeah, that's not too bad. So. That's, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, we got, you can try out, and then uh, we're, we're already playing a show, so I hope that you're ready for it, because if not, we're fucked. Yo, he had shows <laughs> booked up, and I was like, are you going to do it a three-piece if I wasn't here? Like, they didn't even have a basis at the time. They just had the the two guitarists with you. Yeah, I was one. I was rhythm guitar, and Cody was lead guitar. That's, I guess. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember what kind of style that they were. I knew they were metal, but I guess. Yeah, most metal bands don't need a bass, yeah. right? You just tune down your guitar and get some blast beats in there. You'll be all right. Well, we played in drop B. Yeah. So it was like drop B. We were already pretty deep, so you had to like the bass notes with it and everything. Like me, we actually kicked it as a four piece for a while until we found it. Um, our bassist Frank Dubinsky, and that dude's just a fucking beast on bass. If you can ever hear him live, yeah. Because I I think I've I saw Black Rose once. It was probably at Five South with that debut. That's that's what I'm thinking. Or it might have been with Forge. One Maybe. or two. I it's don't one know. of those. We played down there a couple times. With Black Rose, they're. Are they still around? I don't remember. Um, they actually went on hiatus. Okay. Like I, you know, I would hope that they would find some like, you know, players and everything like that. I love the dudes to death. And um, you know, they just doing their own life thing, so. Right. That that does come out of it yeah. and gets in the way of everything. Mhm. So when when that dissolves, what what do you end up doing? Do you end up going to another band? Well, I actually, I started playing with Space Lumberjacks. Okay, perfect. At that time, we were at um, Hollywood Hill down there in Hollywood. <laughs> you know, Brandon Brandon's place, Instrumental Records place. I was there for uh, May the 4th Be With You show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was with uh, Deadbeat and Brothers Creeper and all them cats. I think Outside the Wire played that night. And at the end of the night, you know, Dalton and all of us, we were pretty uh, messed up and everything. We got up there on stage, started playing some <laughs> drunken free bird. Sounds about and, right. And, you know, we were just uh, getting a little wild. And next thing you know, Monday morning, he was like, you want to play bass for Space Slumjacks? And I was like, I thought you never fucking asked, man. <laughs> I had very fucking good times playing with them, man. I love them dudes to death as well. We played shows and we played shows fucking heavy as fuck. Yeah. You know, Sal, Adam, Dalton, and Dr. Durker, man. Here, let me <laughs> let me tell you this one. Okay. I don't know if they told you on the other podcast that you had with them. Um, we played up at the Pinch one night in D.C. Okay. We got up there probably stupid early, probably about 5, 30, 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. We thought this show was going to start at like 7. We thought we were opening on the show. So everybody just started getting fucking plastered. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jack and Coke's fucking 99 minis. Everybody was throwing back. We go down 
into the you know the the basement of the pinch and uh we we open up the show that night but it was actually around like 9 9 30 by the time that we played oh wow okay so in that time uh you probably accumulated well about 15 shots in each person yeah we played probably one of the most drunken sets that they we possibly could and um at the end of our set we're doing uh you know fuck the space lumberjacks mm-hmm. invasion all you hear there's a little slight break and adam's just in the microphone he's like i gotta poop <laughs> and the motherfucker just runs off <laughs> and he went to go fucking take a dump in the bathroom as we're finishing out our last song that's hilarious after that, we, we kind of just like packed up our stuff and left. I do not condone that at all. <laughs> Usually we're the type of cats that, you know, you want to stay the whole night. You want to see everybody, right. support everybody. But that night we were just like, I don't think they like this. You know? <laughs> yeah, you were definitely not in the, the right space for that. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> that's That's funny. And unfortunately, the pinch is no longer a thing. Oh, yeah. They shut down. Yeah. So that that kind of stinks. When you're with Space Lumberjacks, when do you start booking your own stuff? Because I feel like that was kind of right around the same time, wasn't it? Like booking shows and everything. Yeah, like yeah, that? yeah. Well, I started booking a lot of the own shows with Black Rose. Okay. When I was playing with them, so it's like I already got uh, through the circuit a little bit. Yeah. You know, playing with different cats and. Um, Basically, after that first battle of the bands, that's when, you know, I started pushing the aspect that, you know, all these bands around here got to be in a community, man. Right. You know, when you got bands out here that, you know, you're talking shit about each other and fucking downing each other and everything like that, which I've seen plenty of times through years of watching live music, where it's like you're supposed to come together and just entertain people. Right. But when it comes down to it, it's like. I'm better than these people. That's what they, you know, what they think. That's the, yeah. the shit that they spew out, man. So they started doing some shows. I actually linked up with um, Davis Kid from okay. uh, Crow Hunter, talking to him and everything. Like he had a couple connects up in like Anthony's Bar and Grill. Yeah, he actually set it up down at the like the tavern and stuff like that. I was running through like St. Mary's and kind of Calvert because I grew up in both of those counties. Basically, when I got with Space Lumberjacks, man, like we uh we learned the songs pretty quickly. We all kind of came together real quickly, and we booked our first show at um down in Driftwood. I'm not gonna say the name of the person, but it was a big Halloween bash, and we mm-hmm. did it with Deadbeat Holiday and the Ghetto Birds. Okay, the Ghetto Birds, they're you know they're mad lyricists, dude. Yeah. They got some good lyrical content. Deadbeat always brings a party. We closed out that night. You know, it was our first night back. And we had, like, this whole fucking house jumping. It was nice. It was fun as fuck. Like, I was up on their little stage area. I lit up one J as, you know, we started our set. And we started playing a little bit. And then I light up another J later on. And everybody's just having a good old fucking time. That's the night that I knew figured out that Sal is a fucking crazy man on stage. <laughs> like we're, we're sitting there playing in this little stage area and he's, he's jumping probably about five feet in the air, That's landing down on his fucking knees on the tile. Ugh. 
And I'm up like he had bruises. I I promise you, he had bruises on his fucking knees. How does he not even just like break his patella off of that? That <laughs> I I don't know what a patella is, but I'm, I'm I do not know how he didn't break it. It's it's the the actual like floating knee bone. Oh. Anything leg wise always like freaks me out because I have terrible ankles. I, I played lacrosse and, and skateboarded when I was younger, so doing both of those things has destroyed both my knees and my ankles. Oh, so yeah. I'll end up just fucking walking and just roll both of them at the same time, and it is the worst. See, I have that problem as well, but it's I grew up fat, so you know <laughs> when well, you when you're you're carrying around like 380 pounds, you're gonna roll some ankles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, I, I'm significantly bigger than what I was in high school. <laughs> that is for sure. I've, I've been a big boy. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's, so yours was just by living. Mine was actually trying to do something productive and then just ruining it because I'm just not good. Uh, <laughs> Come on, man. You could have been pro. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All, all the pros rolled their ankles. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It, that's how you get that flexibility in there. It's where oh, yeah. you can do all the, all the sick shit. Or uh, in my <laughs> case, you just overshoot everything roll your ankle and then almost just hit your head on concrete so that's that's always fun <laughs> look what my ankle can do <laughs> it's not Snap. fun yeah oh yeah <laughs> but that that would be i i don't know how i would feel about seeing that live just him jumping so high and then just landing on his knees that oh <laughs> I'm telling you, like when when it happened, like I looked at him and my jaw probably dropped. Right. And I was just like, this motherfucker is wild. <laughs> and like, you know, I I've known Sal for a little bit because he's he's come to a lot of the shows that I've been at. Yeah. The funny part about it, how I actually figured out that Sal can scream, it was at the end of a Crow Hunter set. Yeah, and like Crow Hunter does a sludge hammer at the end of their set where he come he gets people to come up on the mic and uh, just scream in the mic. And Sal went up there and started hitting these lows, and I was like, that's some motherfucker right there. Yeah. So I, I messaged him the next morning. I was like, dude, you want to you want to be in a band? And he was like, I was just watching videos, and I was thinking how cool it would be in that band. I was like, come be in the fucking band. <laughs> like, that's how it came to be. But I'm talking about the, the crowd in that house. Like, it was jumping. Yeah. And, like, with Sal jumping and laying on his knees, motherfuckers were like, ooh. Ooh, like, <laughs> like I, I'm surprised that he didn't. Br- what was it? The the patella? The patella? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patella. Yeah. That's that's hilarious. Okay, so you're you're starting to book stuff uh, inside these bands. You're, you're. Do you know how you became the actual like booker, or was everybody working together to book shows, or were you the one that was doing most of them? Now, like kid, kid was booking a lot of his his shows. Mm-hmm. I was booking shows down with like um, instrumental with Jake and Brandon and everything okay. like that. As I was, you know, talking to kid, I was like, you know, you got to bring some of these St. Mary's cats up here, and then we got to bring some of these, you know, Calvert cats over in the St. Mary's. So it just started to where a lot of people, you know, started coming together. We were doing shows together. And I mean, it, dude, it's like you walk in there like before the show and people are like, Hey man, hug it out and everything. How you doing? Yeah. Ready, ready. Have a great set. What's the set time? So let's fucking throw it down. Like, yeah, it's, it's interesting now because when, when I was doing them, there was a pretty distinct split between the three counties. Oh yeah. 
Most certainly. Back back then, if you're talking about in 2006, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So Charles County had their stuff. Calvert had their stuff, kind of. And then St. Mary's yeah. had its stuff. They all they all kind of met once a year down at um <laughs> fucking Park Rock. Yeah. Fish. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And my my whole goal for a second there was to try to do a show in each county every month. Uh, every month. Oh, yeah. So if if I was doing Charles County, the next month would be Calvert, and then the next month after that would be St. Mary's to try and, and bridge those gaps in there. But the nice thing now is that it, it sounds like it was a more natural way because people have kind of grown up in the scene, more or less, for the past 10, 15 years, seeing that playing music just in front of the, the same people over and over again isn't super great, but... Now I can start bringing everybody together because we want bigger crowds. We want to have an impact on everything. And then people, exactly, yeah. And then you also have people that are more established in life. So now you can actually go have fun and like this. Everybody, this is everybody's fun time to oh, kind yeah. of relax, right? Basically, to get your your mind out of your work week, man, out of your stress. Like basically, you know, some some people got let's say like pottery classes or you yeah. know, car meets and everything like that like us growing up we had music like local music i remember back when i was young we were in high school man just throwing out flyers and it's just like come to this show it's like this is what you want to do this weekend right and a lot of cats would just show up and it, it was kind of like that's how we started doing it nowadays we started going into the same mindset that we had back then where it was like you you print out flyers and you go and put them on bulletin boards, hand them to people. You go to one show, you're handing out flyers for the next show that's going to be coming up down the road. Yeah. Knowing a lot of these guys for as long as I have, it was like walking back into like a family reunion, man. Yeah, that's that's what it looks like, right? Because yeah. even, even with me, like kind of being on the outside looking in a little bit, because I haven't done anything in such a long time, but being able to go back and, and like watch these shows and say hi to people that I haven't seen in years, that's what it feels like. It feels much more like a, a family and a community now than it's ever been, which is, I think a lot of it has to do with with you and what you've been trying to do as far as connect these guys together. Even something, like I said, those videos when you started with those and then just trying to give back to that. And then now you're, you're finding yourself in these other bands. You're able to connect with those people that you haven't seen in a while and get everything back together. And oh, yeah. you're not necessarily like reminiscing, reminiscing, but you're, you're able to like what you said, it's a family reunion. You haven't seen these guys yeah, in, exactly. in such a long time and just everything's a natural fit now. Right. Yep, exactly, man. Um, when we all started playing again, well, when I started playing again, coming back into the scene and everything like that, of course, like I said, the first one was a battle of the bands. Yeah. So, you know, when you when you have a battle of the bands aspect, every band is like, we, we got to win this. So you got to play as hard as you possibly fucking can. So it's like, you know, you have that kind of competitive attitude as you're doing that. Mm -hmm. As I started talking to everybody again and... I'll, I'll get to the, the next part when I went up to Baltimore soon. But as I started talking to everybody again, I was, you know, connecting with them and, you know, asking them, like, have, have they been playing shows down in, you know, Southern Maryland area? Why don't they play a lot of shows down in the Southern Maryland area? Because at that time, that battle of the bands was kind of the closest to home that you could get. 
Yeah, and that's up in Dunkirk. You know, that's yeah. that's still pretty far away. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that's like you know, fucking thirty minutes. You're in Annapolis, so you know it's kind of it's up there. I have a tattoo on my right arm. I was getting that done. As I got it put in and everything like that, John Wayne from Stonebrew, he hit me up and he said that they had a show that night in Baltimore at the Raven Inn. I went up to the the Raven Inn and I saw them play and, you know, I wanted to see, you know, what kind of bands are playing and everything like that. And I remember asking him that night, I said, why don't y'all play a lot of shows down in Southern Maryland anymore? He might get mad if he hears this, (laughs) but he told me there ain't no scene down in Southern Maryland anymore. There ain't shit down there for us anymore. There is no music scene in Southern Maryland anymore. And I said, how is there no scene in Southern Maryland anymore? And I can probably say that that's probably initially where it started. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, there, there was definitely a, there was a vacuum. I feel like for sure. You still had the, the cover bands doing their, their circuit. The evil. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There, there is some, you know, I can get down, I can get jiggy with it, but you know, it's just um there there is definitely a fine line between cover and originals in yeah. this area. Yeah. Well, you you still had the cover bands doing their circuit, right? And it feels as they have been for years. Right. And yes. it feels like that conversation that you're having at Raven Inn. Now everybody has started to realize what's going on, and I, I'm sure that sparked something for you to where, okay, now I got to get all these guys out of the woodwork a little bit more, right? Exactly. So now I have to figure out what the, the next step is going to be. And then Five South I th- would probably have come right around that same time then, right? That that was the igniter. We um we hooked up with Travers. Yeah. He uh, runs uh, WTC Provo- Promotions. I don't know if I said that right. Um, because I can't really remember at the moment if it is. <laughs> Travers runs his own promotion company, and yep. he also runs sound and um, lighting. He is probably one of the best sound and lighting guys in the area down here. Many times that we've worked with him, he's always dialed it in just right. He's he's fucking incredible on the soundboard. For sure. And he was putting on a show at the Five South Center, and I I hit him up, and I was like, please put me on this fucking show. I was like, and if you need more bands, I will book more bands on the show for you. I was like, just, I'll, I will bring people in. And in that night, we probably had a cap of like 200 people nice. at the fucking Five South Center. That's a good start, at least, yeah. You know, we had to sell tickets for it and everything like that, which, you know, you don't really mind when it's at the Five South Center. Right. You know, you go down there and it's good stage, good fucking lighting, sound. Like, it is an entertainment spot down there. And when we played that, that's when I met up with Forge and Static. And that was actually their first show at Five South Center. Well, their first show as a band, actually. Oh, okay. Come to find out that Forge and Static used to be Arsenic. Oh, yeah. That that name yes. brings you back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And fucking Arsenic, I remember seeing them live back in the day. I remember I had their songs on my fucking iTunes playlist everything just talking to wayne because it's like you know after so many years you don't really recognize people like that right and he was like yeah i used to be an arsenic man and fucking that's when it all clicked and i was like this motherfucker knows exactly what this music scene has been because he's been in it since the fucking early 90s yeah yeah it was it was cool for me when um when i went to that show 
at Five South and saw Deadbeat Holiday, Coastus Clear was playing, and some other ones. And then I was able to talk to Brian and then also Chris. And I haven't seen those guys in a decade. And I was like, holy shit, you guys played for me when you were at Pistol Creek. Yeah. And that shit was was just amazing to me. And I was like, you guys are all... So what's weird is that everybody for the past 10 or 15 years that have been playing music is still playing music. They just got older. Right, (laughs) right. And unfortunately, like, there's not a whole lot of new bands. Like, Brother Screeper is still a fairly new band. There's a couple here and there. When when I interviewed uh, Adam and Eric at the the Great Mills Guitar Club, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. they have they have some bands that are coming out of there. Um, Which I've I've seen some of them live, and they they're crucial, man. Yeah, so it's it's cool that there is a couple you know younger bands, but it's not like it what it used to be right exactly. now it's all this it's all the same people that have been in the scene since the 90s <laughs> coming yes. coming through which which is a, a cool thing because you see these people grow up like what i did and for for you it's it's also that piece of family reunion and kind of that oh, yeah. already everybody has their shit together now for the most part Right. Well, well, for the for the most part, there is some people out here that ain't got their shit together <laughs> at all. They're just at the show and like, "Hey, man, let's get drunk." Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> but most of the bands that are playing are also way more financially stable and yes. can do stuff like sell tickets for and recognize that a good stage and a good lighting and good sound is worth selling a couple tickets for. Exactly. So it's it's interesting, and I, I like that you you look at everything else where everybody's kind of working together for this, and being um, you know one of the catalysts to to book more original stuff for you. When did you kind of transition or think about the fact that okay, I'm playing my music for all my my bands and stuff like that. And I'm going to book my stuff, no problem. But I also want to make sure that I'm booking everybody else and giving everybody else a chance to play and and going in there and making sure that I, I am consciously building uh, a community. It's always been in my mind. See uh, how we were talking about earlier, how you always do the ums. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to start every sentence with um. It's fine. Um, I, can, I can delete them. I, I know what the wave pattern looks like. Which is a problem, but keep going. All right. Um, yeah, see. <laughs> when it came down to it, man, it was just like um, I knew that we had a bunch of bands that were, you know, in metal. And I, I knew that there was a pretty good, like, punk community. There's hard rock community. There's indie. There's, like, I, I love working with everybody because me growing up, I've always been a cat that, like, I, I enjoy listening to different kinds of music. Like me, I play in a metal band, but most of the time I listen to hip hop or gotcha. fucking okay. a- acoustic music, you know, some kind of easy listening. And then all of a sudden I go out there and just scream my fucking head off. Like <laughs> when I first saw like Deadbeat Holiday play and Brothers Creeper and everything like that, I really dig them because, you know, they stick to the original vibes. They, you know, they have some of the like cover songs that they throw in, but they, they spin it in their own way, which is just, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. And, and they're great people. And, um, I've always 
whenever I was booking shows or if I was working with somebody with shows, I always wanted to get a different variety in there because, you know, you come and see just like, you know, you have some death course shows or something like that, where it's like, you can go and go to a death course show and sit there for five fucking hours listening to the same shit over and over. Yeah. Yeah. But with like different screen patterns, like, um, or maybe not even, uh, (laughs) I remember doing shows like that and it was the most bored that I ever was. Yes. Because it, and, is, uh, it is the same stuff I, over and over. I don't mean I don't mean it in that way, but it's just like, you know, it's I, I've heard a bass drop and I've heard low vocals, I've heard high vocals. You know, I wanted a variety to make sure that everybody knows that it is a community, man. It's like it's not just us cats in the metal scene that are, you know, hogging because I want everybody to have a chance. I don't yeah. want you to sit there. You know, I don't want them to sit there, listen to us play and always have shows and everything like that. I didn't want a division of genres. I was the same way when I was doing shows. Right. And my, my whole idea was to curate a show that went from quiet to loud a lot of times. Oh yeah. And it, it kept the energy flowing after the show was done because there's there's that wave that you you ride when you're you're at a show and you want that energy to keep building depending on on how you book it and what the lineup is you're able to really dictate the entire thing where it it could be a wave and it peaks and then it just falls down and people go home and go to sleep or it's a wave that keeps going and then they keep partying afterwards whatever it is yeah. right and as as the the person that's doing the lineup and booking the show, you have a lot of control and a lot of say so for that because you're basically curating the playlist for it, right? Yeah. And you know that playlist can be popping, or it can be lame, and it could also be the same thing for three hours, and it's not the best. Breaking it up and and having that variety is so important. But the flip side to that is going to metal shows that were like up in Baltimore and stuff like that, where, you know, their, their opener is a metal You're driving two hours, yeah. two hours to Baltimore. Yeah. And then your, your opener is a metal, your, your mids a metal. And then the, the fucking headliner is a metal and it's all the same shit. And it is, you can be technically so good, but I can tell you just from like listening to the same thing for years and years and years, that it is one of the most boring things that you can do is to go to an all metal show unless there's someone that is like Sal that yeah. is so fucking crazy that they're they're bringing the energy to it. A lot of shows that I have book, booked and everything like that there's always been has been that variety. Yeah. But I've also been shows to where I booked four metal bands and then you have Maldire in and out tonight. There you go. Yeah. yeah. See, but with Maldire ending out the night, I don't give a fuck where you put Maldire. They are going to bring the fucking energy in their way, and they are going to do it right. And in St. Mary's, I can tell you that Maldire is one of my favorite bands. Oh, yeah, for sure. From instrumentally to lyrically, it's just so appeasing to me. And bringing them into the scene, into the community and everything like that, and... um helping each other out a lot, it was um, definitely a turning point because, you know, you have a bunch of metal shows where it was just a bunch of metal bands playing 
And when you bring them into it, it was a different standpoint where people will vibe. Yeah. And people will love what they are hearing. And then all of a sudden they'll start after that, you have a metal band and they're banging their heads and just going ape shit. Right. I've had them at the beginning of shows. You know, they've also booked us at shows to where they set us up. We, we play our metal set. And then next thing you know, it'll be, you know, a one man band followed by, you know, another indie band followed by like a pop punk band. So, yeah, it's, it's also interesting for me. Um, so when, when I was doing shows more often than not, it was, you know, one of two people booking the whole thing and organizing the whole thing. Now it seems like it's way more of bands, booking bands, booking bands, and all, all these people coming together for like a common event rather than one or two people kind of running it and curating it and all that stuff, which I, I like a little bit more because it, it brings more of the community in there, right? Yes, like um, you do have, you know, the the main people, which a lot of the times it comes down to Kid and myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like Kid will hit me up with, for a show and then, you know, I build the lineup. He'll put a couple bands in there. Like a lot of the times we're splitting the bands down the middle of who we want on there and who we think will work right. And um, when we get into the show, you know, we put out the set times. We make sure that everybody's good and right and we make sure that everybody's taken care of yeah you know i never like wanted to shaft anybody right like anybody that plays on one of our shows i i make sure that they're taken care of and i'll hold that to me you know if somebody after this podcast wants to say that i didn't please tell me (laughs) because i will make it right and i will yeah yeah no i i dig that and that's important that's that's that integrity piece that you gotta have and being in music and, and what you're what you've been doing, you see the good side and the bad side of it, right? So you know Most what certainly. it's like to be treated pretty shitty. Most certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of the times, um when I started up playing with Black Rose again, after that battle of the bands, he had booked us a lot of shows up in Baltimore. And mm-hmm. um we we opened every single show. And we were the type of cats that, like, we would open the show, we would be there to the end of the show. And um, that's how I met a lot of good people up in that area. Um, like, I met Dead Atlantic. I don't know if you ever heard them. No. But we played a sidebar one night, and them cats just kind of, like, gave me goosebumps watching them play. It was it was incredible seeing them live. And um, that's where we connected with them. And like, you know, a lot of that up in Baltimore is to try and make connections. Yeah. Because the time that you spend up there, up on that stage, and like we we didn't have any merch or anything like that. We we maybe had a couple stickers and it was just like, here's a sticker, this is how you can find us, and then you know, we we might come back <laughs> in in fucking three months, you know. Right. But it wasn't like a regular um a regular endeavor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when, when you're doing everything, is there a goal for you to play out? Cause now, now that you have Rochazilla, this is yeah. really your baby from the, the ground up, right? Yes, most certainly. This is actually, um, mine and daddy chainsaws. Okay. Ba- baby that we, <laughs> we created together. 
me and him talked a lot and we, we knew exactly the type of sounds that we wanted. And, um, I wanted to transition over in the vocals Okay. and he wanted to write like more, uh, technical, technical, like riffage and everything mm-hmm. like that. At first it was just like me and him, he'll play guitar for a while. And then I'm sitting there trying to work up like words to it and everything. And I was like, we need, we need band members, man. <laughs> yeah. So Chris, our drummer, we call him Warskins. When we first started talking to him, and he's also another one that we, we have seen at a lot of local shows. He used to play in um, Maelstrom back in the day. Okay, yeah. Which also, they turned into Incision. They had a couple different names back then. Yeah. He was actually playing around with um, my buddy John in kind of like a cover band kind of scenario. Okay. Until he was like, I want to play original fucking music. <laughs> He came over and jammed, and that first jam that we had, I was like, this is the fucking lineup. Yeah. And I was like, we need a bassist. So then he brings in um, Mark. Mark actually just moved back here from, um, I think he lived in Poland. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. He um, went out there. He married his wife and everything like that, and then moved back to the States. He came back, and I was just like, I, I remember Mark back in the day. Do you ever book a band called Hail False Heroes? No, that does not sound familiar. Yeah. Or they had a couple different names back in the day, but Mark was that motherfucker on the bass, yo. Nice. Like I'm talking about, he's got fancy finger work. He can hit any fucking note. I, it, it's crazy watching him play. As everybody just started playing, everybody just clicked in, man. It was it was like a on a drop of a hat. That's fucking Roachzilla, dude. I dig it. When everything kind of gets back to normal, right? Which we don't know when that's going to be. Do yes. you have uh, Do you have ideas of what you want to do with Roachzilla? Because it sounds like you never really got to tour or anything like that with some of the other projects that you were with. Do you think about that, or do you think about just being able to play and, and kind of release like what we were talking about earlier? You know, I think about like touring and stuff like that all the time. Actually, <laughs> thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> but you know, I me I work. 40 hours one week, the next week I'm working, you know, 50 something hours. Yeah. So a lot of my time, you know, I take up in, into work and everything, which I, I can take a week off and, you know, go tour around a little bit, but you got to get four cats. They'll all take the week off and you got to book it all up and make sure that it's all right. It, it is definitely in the works and we have talked about it. I would, I would love to go out on tour. Nice. I would love, love to go to other States play with different bands and their communities and, you know, just give them a little taste of what we're doing here in Maryland. Yeah. Cause it is, it is something that I, I think about for a lot of these people that are still playing music is that, you know, you have a full life and career and, and family exactly. a lot of times, you know, and you don't get kind of that idea of, okay, I'm going to go tour. I'm going to go see what, what I can be with this band when it comes to that, you have to actually approach it a little bit differently where you're doing more social media, you're doing digital releases, you're doing all this other stuff instead of kind of that traditional touring schedule, which for you, you have a record coming out on the 16th of May. That'll be yes, the sir. first Rochazilla record, right? Yes. Obey metal. Yeah. <laughs> so for you, you're just, and obviously we have to now because of the quarantine, but was your idea to do everything digitally f- to begin with? Not at all. The, to tell you the truth, we originally wanted to release this album this coming Saturday on April 25th. Okay. 
April 25th was the original day that we wanted to release it. We actually had a show book that day at Brass Rail, but, you know, Corona. Yeah. And we were going to play with Crimson Orchid, which is one of my favorite bands in Maryland. Cats have been around since 2003. Yeah. I. I know every album front to back. They're literally one of my favorite bands in Maryland. And I was so stoked because this Saturday is actually my birthday as well. Oh, okay. So I wanted to, and what was wild and I, I hate Corona at the moment because it was so many people on this roster for that night that their birthday was around the same time. Ah, okay. Jody from Forge and Static, his birthday is on the 22nd. And then you have Daddy Chainsaw from Roachzilla, our guitarist. His is on the 23rd. You got DJ's birthday on the 24th. Oh, shit. From, from Maldire. <laughs> My birthday on the 25th. And then you have Wayne from Arsenic, Forge, and Static on the 29th. So, so everything was almost like set together. Yes. That's and, crazy. And Corona comes through and says, you know what? Fuck all y'all. Like... <laughs> They did not care about us at all. Yeah. But we originally, um, because we we went into the studio back in February. Okay. The first weekend of February and the second weekend of February was what we booked out for it. And we actually got the album done in those two weekends. Nice. Was this your first time recording too? Not my first time. Back in the day, I used to do a lot of like hip hop vocals okay. and um you know like lyricist type stuff spoken word things you know I, I i enjoy lyricism you know just seeing people's different aspects in their lyricism we record two two songs with black rose at the same studio that i recorded old bay metal with Rochilla. nice and um I've, I've been in the studio a couple different times with a couple different bands but some stuff it's like you know what comes out and what doesn't come out. You know what so I mean? So expect a lot of Limp esque uh, <laughs> tunes on this record. Well, I mean, me, I also do, you know, I do the the screams, the harsh vocals and uh, everything like that. A majority of our songs is harsh vocals, but there is a there is a little... Uh, Spitting hot little, fire on there? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, like Dylon. Yeah, Five there greatest rappers of all time, Dylon. That's fantastic. So what... What do you think is one of the things that you've learned most about yourself when it comes to music as a whole for you? Is that I fucking love it, man. When I started to get back in the plane, it was because I was searching. Um, I wanted to find something to do again to keep my mind yeah. busy. You know, I had some rough times back in the day. Uh, back in 2011, I lost my mother. And um, at that time, you know, I was I was very lost. Yeah. And for years, it was just like, you know, I believe that I just had to go to work, come home, pay my bills. And that was life for me. Like binge watch fucking Netflix and maybe play some video games every now and then. But you didn't really let yourself kind of be happy or, or anything like that. Yeah, not at all. And that's when I started to really think that, you know. A lot of times when I, I was happy and I'm kind of out of my element is when I play music and get out and do music. And uh, when I, I get up on stage, man, it's like a whole different feeling. You know, you got a whole bunch of people there. Everybody's there, you know, just step out of their element and have a good time. Like, 
you know, we don't, we don't deal with any drama at our shows. If you come to any of the metal shows in Southern Maryland, we haven't had any fights. There hasn't right. been any problems. There's never, you know, any huge outbreaks or anything. It's a lot of people having a good time. I've been to country, country concerts in this area where motherfuckers knock each other's blocks off. Like silly because you should yeah. just be there to enjoy yourself. And yes, exactly. It is. It is unfortunately like the the difference a lot of times when you have a community versus just people kind of playing. Where you know, like if you're if you're going to show in DC or Baltimore, and you're going to one of the bigger ones, the community that is there are the the fans that are going to see those bands, right? Exactly. Because yes. they're they're like a hardcore community, they're a hip hop community, whatever. They it it is still that community down there. When you're going into some of the smaller towns and the smaller areas where everything is still pretty separated because there's not bigger bands to kind of draw you in, right? So yes. You don't have that big conglomeration of fans and everybody liking kind of the same thing for the most part. So there is, like what you were talking about earlier, there's there's metal, there's hip-hop, there's indie, there's hard rock. There, there's a whole bunch of shit that's happening down here. But it's exactly really, it's really only like one or two bands in kind of each genre for the most part, which makes it a little bit harder to kind of bring everybody together. But now that those people are cross-playing and, and talking about what a, a community is rather than just playing shows and, and kind of sticking to your own, where you have that kind of availability, I think, in bigger cities and markets that you can kind of keep in your same genre and same tight-knit community, where down here, you have to spread out because the it, it's a demand. Everybody loves music, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. That's the Not underlying certainly. kind of idea. The music is important, but it's just the different ways and the different genres of it and the different styles. Like, when it comes down to when we book shows down here in this area, we figure out what kind of time slot that we can get what time they would want the bands playing in between. And then we go from there to start booking the bands. When it comes down to it, every show that I book, I always kind of include a out of town band. Yeah. Because I always like to bring in one band is like, come down and see our community. Like we go out and play with them and we'll open up their set for like, you know, like five people, five, 10 people at times, sometimes. Yeah. They come down here and, you know, it's just everybody that comes together and we all work together. And then it's, you know, you you see a better outcome. Yeah. I've included a bunch of bands from out of town where I brought down, like, As I Burn from, you know, they're out of the Baltimore area. I brought down Morals. They're mm-hmm. from Bowie, Maryland. It's just a, like a lot of my shows, I like to incorporate an out of town band because it's like, I want you to see what they're doing other places as yeah. well. Yeah, it's a it's a great way to to build a little bit more. One of the other things that we mentioned earlier is that your lady was helping you out videoing everything oh, yeah. as well. So she's been right by you this entire time. Most certainly. So I would imagine that she's kind of helped out, especially with you being able to play music again and being out. And she's been right oh, there with you, right? Tenfold, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you tenfold. When me and her got together, like she... She came to my shows when we were playing up in Baltimore. Okay. I actually I had a show where we opened up for Boba Flex at Auto Bar. Oh, nice. She came out to that show. 
and watch us play and everything like that. And, you know, she, she took pictures on her phone and everything like that. And when we started doing other shows down this way and everything like that, she would make sure that like, if I was up on stage or, you know, a certain band where it's like, I really wanted to watch and play that right. she would, she would take the camera and videotape it for me. And, you know, because the next day, the next morning I'm watching those videos. Yeah. Some people might sit on it for a little bit, but the next day, I get up and I watch those videos and I'm like, you know, I want to see what's coming back because I want to send it to the bands and I want them to be able to promote themselves. With. Right. It is also a completely different thing. And I, I feel like now I'm way more jaded than what I would have been when I was much younger. But I go in and sometimes you can't even like enjoy the show because <laughs> you're you're working or you're looking at it at a critical yes. eye or or whatever. There's been a handful of times, not even more than a handful, where I, I go and I, I'm looking at this this band that's playing and I'm like, I hate everything about this. And it's not even the music. It's just like their performance or they can't yes. get off the stage or what are you doing with that light box? Stop having a light box. Stop giving everybody <laughs> seizures. What the fuck exactly. are you doing? So it's, <laughs> it's funny because you're when you're booking shows, organizing stuff, and even looking at stuff like where you're trying to videotape and get that perfect angle and, and making sure that everybody can kind of see it, your your eyes are looking at the show completely differently. Yes, through a um through a, a monitor, a little monitor, yeah. man. Like um, you know, especially with that GoPro, because that GoPro is probably like a two inch by two inch screen. Right. So as you're doing it, and uh, like I had it on the gimbal, so you get like a nice little swoop shots and everything like that. Like I would come up and just be like, "Here, it's right in your face," and then it's like, <laughs> "Here's your guitar and shit." Like, but yeah, it's. But, I always, I always thought that was funny, and I haven't had a whole lot of people to talk about that with. That you're really looking at it as sometimes you can't even enjoy what's happening because exactly, you're, yeah. Like some people would ask me, be like, did you, um, did you see this part or did you see this part? And I was like, me personally, no, but my camera probably did. Yeah. Yeah. Because when it comes down to it, I saw a lot of, a lot of bands that they were playing these shows and everything like that, but then they, they didn't really have much, um, you know, stuff to promote themselves. Like I saw that, you know, they didn't have much live videos. They didn't have much live photos and everything like that. And I went out and like, you know, I took videos of their sets as they were playing and I just sent it to them in their email. And a good bit of those bands, you know, they would upload it straight to their YouTube. They sure. would, some of them would edit it together and create, you know, their own little videos and everything. I told them they are free to do with these videos as they please. That's great. And I just wanted them, you know, to show just as much as I wanted to show what is actually happening out in this area like you yeah. know what what is in the cracks of southern maryland like, <laughs> it's not it's not the the best way to put it but yeah I, yeah you what's know. in the crack of southern maryland yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm a child what are you gonna do so the last the last question that i have for you really is what do you think keeps you driven to keep pursuing everything as far as the music as a whole for you your own personal creation booking the shows, getting a community going, you know, continuing everything in there? Um, depression. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to say it like that. Um, but when it comes down to it, man, it's like, I'm, 
I want to make sure that there's an actual community where it's like, even if I'm not in the picture, I want people to sit there and be like, well, we can hit up them and they can play on this show. And then we can hit up this person and they can play on this show. Like I wanted people to not be scared to sit there and talk to other bands and other people in this actual community. Even if you play a different genre or if anything like that, like people will hit me up and ask if my band wants to play a show. I say no, but I can recommend somebody for you. Sure. Like, you know, I want to, I want a better mindset, you know, for myself. You know, a lot of times, you know, you fall into the cracks, you know, (laughs) you just get kind of ahead of yourself in your own mind. And when it comes down to like, you know, it's also with my lady, she's very supportive for stuff that I do. Yeah. And as days go by and everything like that, you know, I play shows and she's at most of my shows and I, I love seeing her out there. She's having a good time. She meets a whole bunch of different people. And we just enjoy seeing people actually out of their elements and being happy for a night. I'm sure it helps also kind of keep you sane because it's the same same thing for me. You know, when when I wasn't doing shows and when, when I was just working and kind of just barely living at that point because I didn't have any kind of like artistic outlet. Exactly. I know that's how I've, I felt for sure. Like we are, we are all out here just searching to find the motivation that we once had. Yeah, we are all searching for something that you know makes us happy again. Yeah, I think that's it, man. That's good. All right.